This is the Great Escape Podcast, episode 23. We are go for liftoff in T minus 30. All systems are And today on the Great Escape Podcast, I'm talking to Kenyon Zitska, who left a factory job and now has his dream job out on the ocean. Kenyon, welcome to the, the show. And tell us about that escape. Well, thanks for having me first off. And yeah, like you said, uh, you know, I, I recently, well, a couple years ago, I, I uh, you know, made a leap, uh, moved from upstate New York down to Charleston, South Carolina to, uh, you know, get get back out to sea. I'm a uh, military veteran. I just retired from the Navy as well. And, uh, you know, I was in upstate New York working that, you know, that quote unquote American dream job at a, at a factory you know, the place where you're supposed to put, you know, 20, 30 years in, get that retirement, then, uh, you know, sail off into uh, the distance. But, uh, you know, working that job, I found myself pretty miserable. Uh, you know, I was driving one hour, one way just to get to that job. Um, my wife and I, we just had our, our daughter, Piper, and I really, you know, that was a big wake-up call or or the biggest wake-up call. There, was, there were a couple other events uh, before that that kind of, you know, really started awakening me to uh, the the other way to make a living, uh, such as what you and I are doing with our podcasts and, and uh, you know, starting these alternative and multiple income streams. So that's kind of, uh, at a very high level, my, my journey. Um, I don't know where you want to go from that, but uh, happy to uh, dive into uh, any other uh, aspect you want to dive into. Well, I guess the first question is, what was it that really got you to the point where you knew that a change had to come you hadn't yet necessarily yet worked out what it was but how did you come to that realization you know what this has to change yeah well it really started to change for me i'd say back in i'll back up to when i uh, graduated from engineering school i did 10 years active duty in the military then then transitioned to uh, the reserve side to pursue my engineering degree and that first job that I that I obtained after I graduated engineering school uh, moved us down to State College Pennsylvania and uh, at the time you know my wife and I we were doing the uh, um, we're trying to get pregnant we had to have some fertility intervention uh, procedures to get to that point and while we were living down there, we unfortunately had a miscarriage. And at that time, um, I had I had fallen and broken my leg uh, working around our home down there in Pennsylvania. And what that really woke me up to, I was fat, I was out of shape, I was, you know, just plugging along, just, just kind of moseying through life, not really, you know, I, I kind of lost my... Uh, flair and zest for life I guess I just wasn't as active as I used to be and when, when I broke my leg at that time and, and then then my wife and I had that uh, miscarriage uh, that really woke me up to like you know hey you know I, I we don't know how long we have we don't uh, you know tomorrow's not guaranteed and that kind of got me in gear at least on the physical fitness side and that got me into some of these uh, some of these crucible style fitness events like go ruck events or spartan races things like that so that really got my uh got my physical fitness and and health uh back going and then through those events i started to get into the personal development side uh started reading uh 
books like Mark Devine. You really, you know, just starting to do a deep dive into those uh, personal development books. I, I wasn't reading, so so that led me to develop my my mental uh, side of of myself, and that's really where it started, and what's led me to be where I'm at today. Uh, ultimately, that that getting into all that stuff kind of helped me craft a vision for myself and really um, narrow down what I want in my life and how I want to live my life instead of uh, just singing to society's tune and doing the things that we're, we're told we should do or we ought to do, like, you know, buy the, uh, buy the, buy the big house with the big mortgage, go to school, get the, all the school loans, uh, you know, get the, the white picket fence, uh, two and a half kids, you know, the dog, um, you know, I, that was kind of how I was living my life. And all that, all those experiences kind of woke me up to, um, to help me decide what I want instead of, uh, like I said, singing to society's tune there. Yeah. And that's a, a really common, uh, story that, that I hear that you've kind of gone into expectations of society or parents or peer group and realized that 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 isn't Mm -hmm. where you really need to be for you and was there a moment where you suddenly or perhaps over a period of time you knew that change had to happen was there a light bulb moment where you realized actually I can do this I I can make this change it's it is possible for me to be successful here sure yeah and there is one experience I can really uh uh, look back on and say this is where it all started to change and that was um, you know like I said I, I was recently retired from the Navy Reserves and if you're not familiar with uh, what a reservist does essentially we do a drill weekend every month and then we have our our annual two weeks two to two to four weeks of training and back in 2015 um, one of my friends, he was actually on active duty up in up in upstate New York, and he was a local recruiter. Then he uh, went back to sea, and he asked me to come down to his ship because they were uh, they needed help getting out of a shipyard, a long shipyard period, and, and one of their uh, positions was unfilled. So I went down there for a month and, and helped the ship out and filled in. And it really opened me up to what I what I enjoyed about the military, what I want to do, which was mentor and help other, you know, help sailors uh, improve themselves, pass on the knowledge that I have, you know, and that, that really lit the, you know, rekindled the fire within me to, uh, to do that. So I actually got back from that and talked to my wife and said, Hey, you know what, this is really what I want to do. I'm miserable here at this job. And I, this is what I want to do. I want to get, try and get back on active duty on board of a, a Navy ship going out to sea. And so I started to look at options, the various options that were available to me. Ultimately, uh, there weren't really any options for me because I was I had gotten to a point in my career where um, I could retire if I wanted to. Uh, very shortly, and I was at a such an advanced uh, pay grade that it would be expensive just to reactivate me and move my family down there. Is really what it boiled down to. But I, I set a vision for myself at that point. I was like, "Hey, this is what I want to do." And then fast forward to today, to today, um, the job I have, the oceanographic research ship, is actually a former Navy torpedo testing ship. It's homeported here in Charleston, South Carolina, at the old Navy base. And my office used to be the uh, senior enlisted men's uh, club here on base. 
So I set a vision for myself to get back on active duty. And ultimately, it kind of worked out that way because there's a lot of things about this job that, that are very similar to uh, me me being back on active duty. I'm in a, in a military town, too. So um, it, it's very important that, that you set a vision for yourself and also be but not be so set on that particular version of your vision that you close yourself off to other options. Had I stuck to my guns and only focused on getting back on active duty, I would have never, uh, never landed this job. So, uh, you know, I know I'm kind of dancing around there, but I hope that answers your question. No, it's really interesting. And you bring up a, a really important point, which is that thing about a degree of flexibility or a degree of this is the direction I want to go in, but the the route to actually get there may flex and twist, and, yeah. and you take serendipitous opportunities rather than sit there waiting for the perfect thing to, to crop up. You've kind of built it around yourself, and yeah, in a sense, what I'm what I'm hearing you not quite say is that the the active duty in the in the military sense wasn't the be-all and end-all what you wanted was to be mentoring people and and back out at sea exactly and you know when you close yourself off to uh, a very specific particular version of your vision that's not possible and the the other uh, thing that I want to touch on that you mentioned um, is that is that we can't wait for the perfect uh, set of circumstances to start making those changes and that's what I see with a lot of people that I talk to and work with is that they're waiting for very specific things to fall in place before they make that change. What I found is that move before you're ready, like make those moves now because you're going to be waiting a very long time for things to be perfect or for things to work out exactly how you want them to work out. Uh, you need to start making moves and you know, if, if your plan doesn't work, great, just change it, flex and, and pivot to the, to the next, uh, the next, uh, subtask or, or, um, opportunity that presents itself. Yeah. That really, really is important. In all the years I've been helping people start their own businesses, the number of times where a plan started at point A and got all the way through to as we'd call it here in England, Z or Z for you on the other side of the Atlantic, <laughs> in, in a nice linear sequence is, is precisely zero. It, it's never happened like that. There's, there's always some kind of detour or pivot or change in direction um, because something happens that you didn't see coming down the line and, and you, know, you end up in a place that you couldn't have imagined and more often than not, it's actually a better place than the one you'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the reason I started my podcast is also to, to help other people. And through the course of doing that podcast, I've gotten into other business ventures that I would have never imagined myself being in. For example, real estate and, and uh, raw land um, investing and flipping. <laughs> I would never, you know, a year or two ago, I would have never, uh, it, you know, seen myself doing something like that but you know one thing leads to another and when you kind of close yourself off to you know very specific things and you know the american dream if you if like that's the way you're going and you don't have alternate versions or or even just have an open mind about things uh, you're going to be you're going to be stuck in a particular spot for a long time yeah absolutely now one of the interesting things is you you end up out at sea for useful periods of time 
how does that your wife and, and family need to be supportive of of a choice that essentially you're making there well that is the beauty about my job is that i i get to choose when i go out to sea because i'm the port engineer for the ship so i'm the shoreside um, support and link uh, for the ship so for example when the ship has to go into a uh, shipyard or dry dock for maintenance I write the maintenance uh, requirements and, and specifications for the ship, and occasionally I'll go out to the ship uh, to horrible places like St. Thomas or Puerto Rico, and you know visit the ship when they're visiting those ports and do ship visits to see what you know to lay eyes on the ship and see what actual maintenance needs to be done, take pictures, interact with the crew. So I have a lot of flexibility when it comes to that. So. So that is um, kind of built into the job, and occasionally they get to come with me. So, so that's that's kind of uh, well taken care of, and and you know it's uh, you know yeah there are some periods of time when I'm gone for a long time, but you know it's uh, they my wife and daughter get a uh, fulfilled and happy husband when when I walk through the door. Um, I I'm, I don't have that uh, worn out, tired. Um, you know, hey, I need I need an hour to myself when I walk through the door. They they. They get an energetic and uh, and uh, very present father when I walk through the door. That's a really uh, interesting way of phrasing it because I've been that exhausted, worn out, grumpy, there with a sore head, husband and father. I think we've all walked that road at one time or another. Yeah. Um, and actually, you now, I probably work harder than I ever ever have in my life, and yet I'm enjoying myself. I come home. And for the most part, I'm fun to be with and happy. And yeah, it, so it is interesting when you're that much more master of your own destiny. Uh, it is much easier to, to be present uh, with your family. So there, there came a point uh, where you had to hand in your notice at the day job and go and, and make the flip. Um, or did you do a sort of a soft transition? No, in fact, when I uh, I was on, how did it go? Oh yeah, that's right. I was again on my active two weeks of training, and and that's a, that's a funny story in and of itself. Is uh, I was actually out to dinner with some uh, colleagues from the Navy, and in fact, a World War II uh, veteran who's a member of our, our uh, military community, and this is like two days before Christmas and I get a phone call from, uh, from, from Noah, the organization I work for, like, Hey, we want to interview. It was a loud, you know, loud restaurant. So they're like, Hey, we want to interview you on Tuesday. I was like, great Thursday. Got it. So, uh, long story short, they called me on that Tuesday and I thought it was a Thursday. So I did the interview. It's like, um, yeah, I want the job. And then I was, then I went downstairs to my wife. I was like, Hey, how does Charleston, South Carolina sound? Like, Hey, we've never been there. So two days later I was leaving for my, uh, training in, in Norfolk, Virginia. And, um, my wife followed me down a few days later. We did the whole windshield tour and then we're like, yes, we want to do this. So, um, essentially I was on my military duty, uh, when I made the decision, so I prepared everything, and when I walked back through the uh, door, when I got back, I was like, "Hey, I got something to tell you guys. Um, I'm leaving in a month." So it was a, uh, it was quite a whirlwind. It was just like when you know something's right, 
you just do what needs to be done no matter how uncomfortable it is like we made the decision i gotta do what i gotta do um you know there are some people that were you know that weren't enthusiastic about me leaving um but ultimately it was a it was a toxic situation and it was it was pretty easy uh decision for me to make and you know i keep in touch with a a a small number of of folks at that uh at that plant and uh, pretty much all of my colleagues have also uh, moved on to different jobs and some of those uh, guys were there uh 20 plus years so I I don't keep in touch with those guys very much at all, but I would tend to believe that that might have inspired some uh, folks to make some changes. And like, hey, you know what? Kenyon's Kenyon's making a big move here. Like, he's getting what he wants in life. And um, I I post a lot on Facebook about my adventures, and and I'm sure that um, these adventures have trickled their way back to uh, my former colleagues there. And they're like, hey, you know what? Kenyon's out to sea going to the Caribbean. He made a big change. What the hell are we doing? So I I think that ultimately, um, you know, making that, uncomfortable or having that uncomfortable conversation with my boss and my colleagues ultimately um, benefited them too. Yeah and and that's a point we brought up on the podcast in previous episodes is change is contagious. Uh, If one person begins to really change their life around then the people around them will see that and and, some of them will will make use that as as the encouragement they need to make the change themselves but also uh, there's that sense that if you look at the five people you spend the most time with kind of your behavior will be the average of their behavior yeah. if, if they're overweight you're likely to be overweight if they smoke you're likely to smoke uh, and actually once one person starts to pull away from that average position other people will will begin to change their behaviors as well and and kind of what you have to hope is that it's a positive change absolutely so you've got the day job with noah uh you're on shore a lot of the time but out at sea sometimes and you've got your podcast as well so so there's a blended career happening here tell us about the kind of the non-day job side of it so you know i started my podcast because i wanted to you know i knew i was going to eventually retire from the military and in fact i did back in march so I wanted to keep helping and mentoring people to uh, live life on their terms and and build the systems and habits and routines uh, that that they need to live life on their terms. And, and one of the things that I struggled with when I transitioned from active duty to reserve was that that discipline didn't quite carry over from the military into my day-to-day personal life and it was like I was kind of living two different uh two different you know lives inside the military I'd be very structured disciplined and then I would flip the switch off and go home and just um let loose and not really have that structure and the discipline and what I found was that that was not the right way to go and you know it's gonna sound cliche but discipline is really the way to live in a disciplined life is the way that you get to freedom and and once I started doing that for myself, I was like, man, I'm really fulfilled. I'm really um, accomplishing a lot in a short period of time. And, and I wanted to share this with the world, and I wanted to have conversations with, with like-minded people. So that's what 
got me going on the podcast and that's uh you know that's what i'm doing today is interviewing uh people like mark divine um new york times best-selling authors things like that so that i can uh you know, it's a it's a good excuse to have conversations with uh, those types of people, and uh, oh, yeah. and you know, it's just further you know inspiring me to help other people uh, do that. So you know, it's you know, I'm I'm taking a quick uh, quick break here from the day job to uh, do this interview. Um, you know, I'm very lucky where I get to kind of dictate my own schedule and have the flexibility to do this. So that's also been a, a huge benefit of this uh, taking this job is having that flexibility to 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 uh, you know do the podcast, do my real estate side hustle as well, and and really just create that uh, create that wealth in terms of not only just money but like knowledge and that freedom and and the abundance that's that's available to all of us. And and that sense of uh, the freedom to decide when to duck out the office and, and go and do an interview or get on with the side hustle or whatever it is, you, you're absolutely right that if we don't bring a sense of discipline to that, you've then got the freedom to duck out and watch an hour of daytime TV and then another hour of daytime TV and then, oh, let's just watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden, you know, four hours of the day have gone and actually you haven't achieved anything so the freedom has turned into waste yeah and i i can really relate to that because you know when i I had this this mental model in my head like when i got home from my day job like you just see on these sitcom like these sitcoms that you see on tv of like the husband just crashing out on the couch for the night and like i just had that in my mind is like that's what I'm supposed to do and you know that that was something that I was doing undisciplined and there's nothing wrong with watching a YouTube video or watching some daytime TV as long as you are disciplined about it and like okay I'm gonna take like I've accomplished some things so therefore I'm gonna you know there there is a um, reward pattern that I think that we can we can go about our day-to-day routines with like hey you know what um, the way I structure my day is I block, I I have hour blocks where I will work for 50 minutes and then I have a weighted rucksack that I throw on. I take a 10 minute walk. I get some exercise in, I jam out to some, uh, some music. I reward myself for, for maximizing that 50 minutes. And I accomplish more that way than I do if, if I were to just do random things throughout the day. Like I just show up at work and see what, see what comes my way and just react to random things but you know planning your day structuring your day in a way that that maximizes your production yet fulfills you and gives you that sense of like okay i accomplished something i get to reward myself in a way you know that's very important yeah absolutely and the the 50 minute thing i think is something that we see in a lot of uh, people is you know that sort of 50 minute work hard focus do something set yourself a whatever goal it is even if it's relatively trivial and then get up and move around even if it's not a reward thing it's just to get up and move around get the blood flowing through your legs where you've been sat for a while especially those of us with uh, sort of sedentary desk jobs actually is is much higher productivity than just trying to muscle through the day and stay sat at the desk for four hours yeah and it's like it that sounds so boring to to sit at your desk for four hours like who who in their right mind would want to do that so if you can break up your day man it's (laughs) i'm sitting here smiling like 
all right, let's let's get yeah. after it. But when I think about yeah, four, let's go do when I think about four hours, I'm like, no, nah, no thanks. Absolutely not. I can't do it. I just end up freaking out and not ending up getting anything done. <laughs> so this whole story is one that seems to be rooted in your desire for a life that was something more interesting, more fulfilling than actually what you'd kind of been brought up to believe would be interesting and fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if we look at what what the average person does, they, you know, they graduate from high school, they go to college, they usually end up back in their hometown near their parents, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, that's what we're taught, or what at least what I was taught, and I see what a lot of other people are taught is, like, the thing to do is, like, hey, you don't, uh, you know, you don't stray too far from the nest. You do something that's safe, that that makes sense, that's going to be safe for you. It's this whole, like, safety bubble that we're taught we should stay within. And, and... I hate to burst people's bubbles, but you're going to be in for a very unfulfilled life. And that's, at least that's what I found. And getting outside that bubble, um, expanding your, your experiences, getting new perspectives. Uh, that, that was the biggest thing that I took away from the military was getting to see how other cultures, um, lived and seeing how other people, uh, find fulfillment. You know, there was, I remember reading a story recently about, uh, there was a, fisherman leaning up against his uh, small you know rickety looking boat uh, just relaxing on the beach and this uh, this New York stockbroker comes up is like hey you should add you know you know you can catch more fish gave him a bunch of tips and like hey you can improve your boat blah 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 long story short the New York the, the point that the New York stockbroker made was like hey you can uh, you can then retire and sit on on the beach and relax and then the fisherman just said what do you think I'm doing right now? Like, we have these these grand uh, plans in our minds about how we should go about our lives, but it's actually pretty pretty simple. If we can simplify our lives, if we can root out the drama, root out the um, extraneous things, I've found that simplifying your life is, like, even if you are living that American dream, simply simplifying your life will... will get you a greater sense of fulfillment and i really think that's the first step is to just simplify your life it's not that it's not that complicated like i've got three simple rules that i live by is is to um don't be a dick (laughs) uh (laughs) treat or leave everybody in every situation uh better than you found it and fulfill your own potential like those like if we can do those three things uh, i think you're you're 80 percent of the way there absolutely and and the simplify thing comes through uh, time and again when people are just saying, you know, I built this life with car loans, mortgages, you know, all of this complexity because that's what it, life seemed to require. And actually stepping away from a bunch of those things uh, just makes life a lot less stressful. Suddenly the, the, the bottom line that you're having to bring in each month uh, falls so that reduces a bunch of stress yeah. and you're, you're not worried about whether the Ferrari gets scratched or not. I, I use that as an extreme example because you don't own the Ferrari. Right. Yeah, actually, I, I just had a conversation about this with a friend recently and she was talking about how, you know, she was comparing and contrasting herself and her sister versus her 
her brother and is like, hey, you know what? My brother's the only one who's married, has kids, has you know, owns his house. We just rent and we're single. And and it's like, why is that a bad thing? Like, why are you looking at that as a bad thing? You don't like if if a hurricane comes through Charleston and wrecks your home, whose asset gets destroyed? It's not yours. Like. We're, we're taught that these things that we ought to have are like that's a marker of someone who's successful like well, what's who's who's to say who who told you that like who like who decided that for you like it just blows my mind that that we get locked in on these these certain boxes that we need to check to appear successful and we haven't decided that for ourselves and, and that's really the you know what i want one of the big things that I want people to take away from, from whether you listen to me here or, or any other place is that who, who told you that that's what you need to do to be successful? Decide for yourself what that success looks like. Like when we made the big move, we like, I, I've owned four homes since 2003 till 2017. When we moved down here, we said no more. We're not, we're, we're just going to rent. And, you know, maybe someone listens to that. Oh, that's, that's, that's not what a responsible adult does in America. Like, but who, who, who told you that? Like, who said that? Like, that's just what society tells us. I keep coming back to this idea of like, Hey, society tells us this. Well, you know, the, you know, owning a home and having a mortgage, that's a business. Like, there, there's people out there that benefit from you owning a home and there's also people that benefit from you renting from them but you know we just we made the decision like hey we don't want to have all the headaches that come along with home ownership we don't want to have the headaches that come with having to pay mortgage every month and yeah there are tax benefits that i'm missing out on perhaps but is it really that important is it really worth my time is it really like is it really worth it to me to have those headaches just to have a little bit of a tax write-off? But we did the math for us, and we did what makes sense for us, and that was to no longer own our home, is to be, you know, just be a tenant and, you know, have the freedom to, like, if we don't like the neighborhood anymore, we can uh, choose to not renew our lease and we can move around if we want. Like, it's, like, that was, for us, that was the freedom we wanted to have. And we made that, we had that conversation. We made that decision for ourselves outside of what, um, outside of other pressures. Yeah, and in, certainly in, um, in Europe, uh, especially in Italy and, and southern areas of France, the, which I know about personally, the the rate of home ownership is much much lower than in the UK and North America, uh, and and it's never been a problem. And also, you know, even here in the UK at the moment, we're seeing the next generation. So, sort of my children, who are in their early twenties, very few of these people are going to get on the the housing ladder simply because of the house price inflation that we've seen in the last three decades mm. means they simply can't afford to to get those mortgages. And so, of course, they're going to be renting. So we're seeing a shift away from ownership and towards renting their own home. Uh, I've got a friend who, uh, she, her husband and, and their kids, uh, spend most of their year house-sitting for other people mm around the world so you never know where they're going to be she runs her business from her laptop 
uh, and right now they're somewhere glorious um, in the uh, in Asia, uh, house sitting somebody's house on a beach. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not even paying rent. You know, they're, they're getting free accommodation it, to look after this person's house while they live in it. So you know, it's not. I'm not sure it's a lifestyle I could cope with because I like knowing where my car's parked and and. Where, where I'm coming back to from one year to the next, but for them it works. And I think your, your question about what is the definition of success, who told you that that was success, the first unit of, of my how to teach, how to set up your own business is what is your definition of success? And um, when I was teaching at the, uh, the Henley Business School, I had these two guys came, come to me, what's your definition of success? Uh, we want a house by the uh, by the River Thames, you know, looking over the river, and we want uh, a Ferrari on the drive. Okay, that's cool. If that's you know that's a financial definition of success, we can work with that. And um, what's your what's your business idea? Well, we're going to start a uh, a Chinese takeaway restaurant, and and we had to gently break it to them that the business that they were th- thinking of running was never going to spin off enough cash to meet their financial requirements but hey it was a fun exercise but the definition of success isn't just financial you you talked about having your daughter certainly your time with your family time playing golf or whatever it is that you want to do is just as important as uh, money in the bank yeah absolutely my my definition definition of success is to have enough enough money and enough time to drive race cars um my brother and i used to own and field and drive our own race car back in the mid 2000s and while it would be fun to kind of relive those glory days um, i'm to the point where i don't think i want to own my own race car i just want to show up and drive and go home at the end of the night (laughs) and uh and and my daughter wants to uh, get into go-kart racing too so I want to have time to do that. So, so we tend to think of success on a monetary, um, on a monetary sense. And what you, you know, what you beautifully said there was that, hey, we also have to factor in the time. Like, where do we spend our time? Like, we can make money, but we spend time. And I think people have that backwards a lot of times. Is is that, you know, we we make and spend money like like we have a, a very limited supply of it and we spend our time like we have an unlimited amount of it and i think we have that backwards oh yeah especially well i'm going to say this out loud i'm currently sitting in my vehicle on my way home from the funeral of a friend of mine who died recently from cancer way before her time and you know what i would give for another opportunity to sit down have dinner with her and her family or what her children would give to have their mom see them get married, which they'll never have, or to see their children, to see her grandchildren, which they'll never have. You know, no amount of money can compensate. And and you're right. You know, I've made and lost money. I've had successful businesses and, and unsuccessful businesses. But actually, an hour I spend having a meal with somebody, you know, if it's a bad meal, I don't ever get to reclaim that hour. I can't can't get my my hour back um, you know, no returns on time spent uh, and so your your sense that we have that reversed I absolutely agree with time is the single most precious thing we have and to, to spend it with somebody is 
an incredibly generous gift. Yeah, and the, the biggest thing that I've uh, found with starting businesses are the creative ways that you can leverage time so much more, um, leverage time a lot better than, than we used to in the past. And, and that's what technology has brought to us and, and a lot of the automation and the um you know, the opportunities that you give to other people uh, through virtual assistants and, and things like that, like you can really delegate and, and really start to get your time back. And, and that's what I've, I've learned with starting businesses are these, these various ways that you can really um, leverage technology at a very low cost to get your time back. And, 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 and I would rather pay somebody to mow my lawn these days than, than, than I would to spend my time mowing the lawn and you know i'm given an opportunity to that young kid down the street to earn some money and i get my time back like uh, I, i'm like i'm really bringing that idea on board these days and it's, it's really freeing and it's really fulfilling to help help a, a kid down the street uh, you know save a little money for a car or whatever he wants you know what i mean it's 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 really game changing yeah absolutely and i, I my wife and i sort of look did a similar set of decisions and when we have a cleaner and I'm actually embarrassed to say this my shirts get ironed by somebody else I pay them to do that and the amount of time that saves me the amount of stress I don't I don't worry about have I got a shirt that's clean and ironed somebody else's problem I've paid them to do that they've got an income uh, but I actually really enjoy mowing my lawn so that's a job that I keep for myself. I put my earphones in, I listen to a podcast for the 45 minutes it takes me to mow the lawn. And that's kind of me time. So you're, you're absolutely right. There are tasks that we can and should outsource. Uh, and there are tasks that we can then choose to keep to, our, keep to us because we enjoy them. Yeah, and, and you know, we one of the biggest mindset shifts we had to do within, at least for me and my wife, was like, hey, you know, one of the big things we did was start having groceries delivered. And that sounds like, you might listen to that, and that sounds like very elitist or, you know, very um, snobby, maybe. But, but you know, you need to get over that, that hurdle of, you know, the, um, the picture that that paints to the outside world. It is like, yes, people are going to find a way to criticize you and, and, you know, poke at your success, so to speak and they're going to find it one way or another so so don't compromise your time and and you know where you want to spend your time because of the the image that it projects to the world i guess is what i'm trying to say there yeah absolutely it's make the decision that maximizes you for you and your family not yeah and and whilst being environmentally aware we don't want to be throwing too much plastic into the ocean um, or any plastic into the ocean, but it's making decisions which are positive rather than just being drifted along by, by fashion or public opinion. Yep. Well, Kenyon, that's been an amazing amount of time slipped past in a really interesting conversation. So thank you so much for your time and uh, your contribution to the podcast. I will, of course, put your contact details and your podcast links in the show notes so people can uh, get in touch with you and... Uh, listen to your episodes of, of your podcasts which uh, i certainly found interesting as i've been preparing for the interview awesome well, uh, thank you once again for your time yeah awesome i was this 
agree. This is a very interesting conversation and uh, awesome to connect with you and your audience. And uh, yeah, feel free to uh, reach out to me if, uh, if uh, this uh, conversation struck your uh, interest. And, uh, you know, I, I always like uh, connecting with uh, new people. So feel free to reach out. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Great Escape podcast. You can find other episodes at all the usual places on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify or at the website greatescapepodcast.com forward slash episodes. And if you'd like to contact me to talk about any element of this episode or others have covered, please go to greatescapepodcast.com forward slash contact and you can find all the ways of getting hold of me there. And if you're stuck in a situation and you can't find the way out please go there send me a message and let's see how we can work together to get you unstuck and moving forward with your life again please do share this podcast with your friends and family other people you think might appreciate it and comment on episodes or send me a message i'd love to keep the conversation going